We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Yes, 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 yes. Indeed, it is the noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Are you? That is living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a live presentation and an opportunity for you to call in with your open, honest question. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton. I'll be introducing my teammates momentarily, and we are the Bible Information Brokers, and we're here to receive your questions, and we want to give you a biblical response to that question. The number you can start dialing is one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Or you can even go to our website and send us an email or navigate to our Facebook page by going to BibleInfoBrokers.com. All the information you need is right there. If you're internet savvy, you have access to the internet, please feel free to do so. And while you're on the internet, share with some friends in your social media that you're listening to the Bible Information Brokers uh, here. And we have a, uh, a broadcast that is live. So an opportunity for you to call in with your open, your honest questions. And we, we, we promise you we're going to give you the biblical answer if there is one. If we don't know it, we'll tell you that. Or if there is an answer that we want to hear our opinion about, we can give you that as well. But it's more important is the Word of God. one la talks one 528 2557 or com is our website where you can send us a email question and or a Facebook question by navigating from there. Now, without further ado, as I make good eye contact with my good buddies and some folks have extra to offer me in their eye contact area, we have my good friend Brian Allen. How you doing, bro? I am doing well. How are you doing, Mr. Darrell? I'm doing well. I'm looking at that little drink you got in front of me, brother. You know, I like though, that particular... Ice coffee. It looks like mocha. Is that mocha? That's Mocha 7-Eleven. My goodness. We, we don't want to do all that advertising now, but let's not give that for free. <laughs> anyway, also without further ado, our good friend, our own Professor Craig Hawkins, I affectionately call him PCH. How you doing, bro? Well, we're going to get a... Yeah, we're going to get him on there momentarily. But that that listen, would help. Yeah, that, that would help. It's okay. And you know what? As we uh, continue going, we have my good friend Eric. Eric, my brother, is in there. And I want you guys to be in prayer for our other screener, Big Daryl with a Y. Pray for him uh, that he's uh, getting some things checked out and some medical issues. So we just ask that you keep him in your prayers. Uh, just the whole radio uh, team and our Bible Information Brokers team, we just always solicit your prayers. And so, listen. We had some questions last week, and I remember one name in particular, Vivian. Vivian, if you're out there, you give us a call back. We didn't get a chance to answer your question last week. I remember Vivian because that's just an affectionate name of a dear aunt of mine. I remember when I was a child, so that's what stands out to me. And so if you can call back and the other callers that did not get on the broadcast last week, because, Brian, we had last week the show was start off slow, and then all of a sudden they got inundated with calls like oh, after the 20-minute oh, oh, mark. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so, I, I don't know why. Everyone just waits to like 15 minutes left. In the show. We're in California, right? So that, is that the socially acceptable thing? You come a little late to the party. You come a little late to something. It was socially, what is, uh, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? PCH. I'll um, introduce you in a moment, PCH, but we, now we got you on the phone. How you doing, brother? Can you hear me, PCH? 
I can. Very good. How you doing, bro? <laughs> doing well. Good, since we got you on, uh, since you joined the team. <laughs> so, so do I need not to be on to the last 15 minutes or something? <laughs> that, 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 that's exactly. something? Yeah, you know what? If, if people do like that, hey, me and Brian just start singing some doo-wop for them. Yeah, I bet they they're calling they, in. They don't want me singing. Yeah, if I start singing, <laughs> they're going to call in real fast. And get a, you, you know what? I, I'm yeah, surprised. Right. I'm surprised Dan is not called in the first hour. Yeah, he take advantage of it. That's our buddy. You know, he know, he know. He's, Dan usually uh, pay attention to the show. He, we can almost make him a producer. But folks, uh, listen. If you're out there and you want to give us a call, you've been listening to us for maybe even the first time. You say, "What are these wacky guys on the radio talking about?" They sound like they're live. Yes, we are ready to receive your phone call because this is a question and answer period. They can email too, Daryl. What? You know, how can they do that, Brian? Real simple. They can go to they can go to our website, BibleInfoBrokers.com. BibleInfoBrokers.com, and there's a section in there that, but it says ask a question. They could do that. Mm-hmm. Or go questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com, and um, and do it that way. But the easiest way is just go to the website, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and just click on the link that says ask a question. And I like to, when I listen to these uh, radio shows and different broadcasts that I see, and they do have a website, I like to go to them because I navigate through it as the, the broadcast is going on, kind of get to learn about the various ministries and the various programs I'm listening to. It's just a good way if you have internet and you're listening simultaneously, then just kind of navigate through and see what people are about, see the various yeah, things that we, we offer. We have a, about, what, four years archived on oh, there now. Absolutely, man. And look, uh, to, to talking about years, I was just telling uh, Eric when I came in here that uh, the 20th year, and a uh, good uh, producer, JJ, as we call him. Um, uh, my, my son, as we call him, his daddy has the same name as mine. We just don't know how many years we've been on, Craig. I just, time fly by, man. Time flies by, and I was just reading something today. Let me read it to you, if you guys don't mind, Brian, as you prepare a question. Yeah, I have one for the professor. Well, before, gonna, before you give that question, let me read something real quick. And it's talking about time and how we deal with it. And, and, and Daryl, give that number out again. We need to get these yeah, lines lit one up. one la talks one 888 Once again, one 888 la talks one 888 Now, you know i got a plethora. Uh, i say it again. Many questions I can ask and keep the show going for at least three or four hours, but this is the broadcast for the people. Open forum for you to call in, one la talks one 888 Or like Brian said, go to our website at Bible Info Brokers. PCH, Brian Allen, EZD, and Eric is ready to receive your phone call. But let me read this, Brian, as you prepare the question that you had earlier. It's dealing, it's, it's a reflection that I, you know, it's sort of like a little devotion I go uh, deal with every day, and I, and I find it quite interesting to hear this one. It's by a gentleman by the name of William T. McConnell. And he writes this. It says, Redemption in Jesus Christ initiates a new life, one in which the life of God invades ours, making the passage of time take on the significance of eternity. We can see the design of history's tapestry even through the entire cloth, is not, even though the entire cloth is not woven yet. And we can be sure that the thread of our lives, our lives, I'm emphasizing that, fits into the, his great design. It is not that we must pump full time of life again with our own activity. That is the way the world is doing it. And, and rather than find life in time, the world discovers that time becomes, watch this, scarce, disappears, and ends in remorse. We, that's us people who claim to be in Christ. I'm just adding that, living that. We who are alive with God's life will also have God's time. Time itself will become alive again to us. That calls for a dramatically different view of life. 
sense, I'm sorry, releasing of our inner time with a consequent sense of fulfillment in our task and the expectation of a complete, in quotes here, coming together of all the redeemed time of the saints at the end. It's talking about God's time. And I always ask myself that question, Brian, at PCH, is my time really his time? Because all throughout the Bible, they talk about me being a servant, being a servant for Christ. And I'm just wondering, a servant really doesn't have rights other than to do what the, uh, the master says, as it were. And if you have a problem with that language, how about an ambassador for Christ, whereby it's still about the one that you're being the, the representative of? And I find this the whole reflection about my time and life in light of eternity, something that we're going to talk about even more a little bit later on in the broadcast. Brian. No, I, I think that's 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 it was very nice of what you read, and it's very true. And we all have to ask ourselves: mm-hmm. are are we are we servants? Are we living our lives for Christ? And uh, I mean, to, to be honest, you know, you catch yourself at times when you're not. You know, you you're just doing what you want to do for yourself, or even like for your family, or whatever the case might be. Um, Without the consideration, it's not. I don't think it's so much bad that the things that we do is the consideration on why we're doing it. Right. You know, that's the whole the whole thing. Well, I, I mean, and you look at, it's interesting. You look at, I'll say Mormons. You look at Jehovah Witnesses. They're going out doing, they're witnessing, doing their door to door, and you know, the question is why are they doing it, and they're doing it for the, you know, they're doing it for something they think that's correct, mm-hmm. but in fact, it's not correct. Exactly. It's. Uh, and so what you're saying, too, Daryl, is very important because, uh, you know, when you say, are we living our lives for Christ uh, or for God, are we living our lives for the correct God or the one and true living God? And ergo, we have this broadcast and we talk about things like that on it. Exactly. Um, so let's get into some questions. Well, let me get the number out again because uh, we're going to do it like we did last week, PCH. Let me give the number in the website, and Brian, you can uh, get your question on the table. one folks, LA Talks, one 528 First-time callers, uh, 15, 20-year listener, please give us a call. Uh, the show goes as you call in, one 528 2557 or go to our website at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Send us a question by that way, or even by our Facebook page by navigating from there. Byron. Okay, uh, Professor Hawkins, here's a question. Since Christmas is coming up this uh, next week, I believe it's Mondays the 25th, can you give a brief, uh, a brief uh, teaching on, uh, in its context on the uh, whole issue of the Christmas tree? Because we have people calling and talking about uh, is is having a Christmas tree Christian? Can you also talk about uh, Santa Claus, where that entire you know where that all came from? And can you also give just a brief? And, and these questions have come up before, but I want right. to hit all three of them. The talk, yeah, talk, talking about is it Christian to consider or write Christmas as Xmas with the X rather than Christ? So can you hit those three for us, Professor Hawkins? I know it'd be a little teaching, but since uh, the lines are slow right now, I thought it'd be a good time to hit all those because Christmas is coming up Sunday as well. I mean, Monday as well. Yeah, I might have to have you in a few minutes repeat some of those questions, Brian, but uh, actually I wanted to go back to the first comment, actually. Um, 
Yeah, much of philosophy doesn't really even deal with existence. And I, I really appreciate uh, William's um, thoughts and comments. Um, our, our lives, according to uh, the Bible, are God's, not our yes. own. And we need to live them. We need to number our days and apply our hearts to wisdom. And, and, and be mindful that the clock is ticking. We only have so much time. And those of, those of us who are older, who've obviously been young ones, um, <laughs> you're like, wow, wasn't it just yesterday? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, you, you know you, when you've been out of high school like 40-plus years, you realize, wow, I, I'm no spring <laughs> chicken anymore. Um, and, and there is uh, just, a, I think, uh, some real uh, profoundness to what William was saying, exactly. is that to live our lives in light of eternity, to live as if, and, and to acknowledge and account that the things we do matter for eternity. Um, you're creating habits, you're creating character that, that's going to be with you through eternity. Is that really what you want? Um, not just, you know, you're not just stuck with it through a career, even, t- you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You know, my age, a lot of my friends are retiring, put in 30 years at some job or career, what have you. And uh, But we're talking about eternity here. Mm. And uh, I want to be careful. I, I certainly disagree with much that he had to say. There was a philosopher named uh, Martin Heidegger, uh, well-known existentialist German philosopher. Uh, one of his, his probably most famous work is called uh, uh, Sein und Zeit in German, but actually Being and Time. And uh, uh, he was anti-Semitic and I had some real problems with some things he said. But I give him credit that he was he, he, he's one of the few philosophers in the academy, if you will, who dealt with the issue of death and, and living our lives in light of our death and having that be a profound influence upon us. Most philosophy doesn't really deal with those uh, radical issues. I, I would argue it deals with all kinds of things, and I'm not sure many of them are the most important, to say the least. But I give him credit at least for wrestling with death and not avoiding it, which most people do. In America, our philosophy is avoided at all costs. And uh, so there's, just, there's a radicalness to this, even at this time of year, as we get towards Christmas here literally a week away, and, and of course, the, the beginning of the new year, and many people reflect and uh, are thinking over their this last year and their and their lives. Um, again, a lot don't. They, they, we, I think we should, Christian or otherwise. But, anyways, I just thought there were some really important things said. But I wanted to mention Heidegger at least that he did deal with the issue of our own death. Right. And so many people just we want to avoid that at all costs. We try to farm it out. We want to um, uh, entrust it to the professionals and you know those who run the mortuaries. Mm. And, uh, you know whatnot, and anyways, I think there's just a lot to be said there. Maybe we'll teach on that sometime. But, but to, to but to this question, it really uh, questions excellent questions. Um, there are several passages, two or three in Isaiah, that people think might apply to Christmas trees, but they don't. They apply to idols. People literally made idols. Now, well, we may not make a wooden idol or a, a, out of some metal or precious metal, gold, silver, what have you, but we all have our own idols. Uh, our cars, our careers, our, our families even can be idols. Anything we put on par with, let alone above the one true triune God. And so uh, idolatry, unfortunately, is alive and well. It's not just some antiquated practice among ancient pagans or whatever. <laughs> we do it quite well today, unfortunately. Um, but so these passages talk about nailing it down and you know and bowing down to worshiping it. Now, you know, I like my Christmas tree, but I, I never recall worshiping <laughs> it. Uh, it's not an idol, and so some people mistake these passages. There's a book called The Two Babylons, Babylons by a guy named Alexander Hislop, and unfortunately a lot of it is not very good history. He didn't really do a good job. He says a lot of things are really just not factual. Um, 
and he has things to say about Christmas and Christmas trees, and, and this is one of them. Christmas trees, to start with that, uh, really come from the Reformation era. Uh, these trees, you know, Germany, known for its forests, such as the Black Forest and whatnot, uh, a lot of beautiful trees, uh, even to this day, in various parts of Germany. Um, they would, in celebration of Christmas, they actually started doing nativity scenes and Christmas trees, and they would put candles on them or light them. Of course, that often ended up in fire, and it was bad results. But there was the idea of Christ being the light of the world, and so the tree was symbolic of the tree of life, but also of Christ, who is the new tree of life, if you will, and life in him. So Christmas trees really have their origin in the Reformation in the 1500s, 1600s as such. And some people try to trace it back to the Babylonians and whatnot, and it's just like, no, that, the connection's not there. Uh, but they do go back minimally to, to the Reformation era. And again, they were used as, as, as hearkening back to, to the Tree of Life and the Garden of Eden, that of an Eve, and then Christ being our Tree of Life. And the decorations and whatnot, and the nativity scenes, the cr- crushes and that were obviously to, to, to point to Christ and the birth of the Christ child, uh, who of course grew up to be a man and, and is our Lord and Savior. So that's where really Christmas trees as such go back to. And they've, there were times where practices ebb and flow in the Western world, but, but anyways, that's where it goes to. Um, what about uh, Santa Claus? Yeah, of course, this idea of some mythical figure who, you know, is basically omniscient. Uh, this is, but I would argue it's a type, it's a, it's a, um, a type of, of God. I mean, God who's omniscient, who knows who's naughty or nice. Of course, we're all naughty in the sense of not being perfect. Um, so, you know, there's a Santa Claus figure who, uh, unfortunately, is larger than life, and many people, um, you know, they debate whether they should talk to their kids about this, whether they tell them they exist or not. And if people have kids listening, you might want to remove them if you, you know, depending so you know our view, because um, we're not sure what you teach yours. I, uh, ours, we were always straight up that there was no such thing, but we had to tell our kids not not to say that to everybody else. Right, right. <laughs> because they were bursting kids' bubbles. Kill their lives. Like, whoa. <laughs> but, um... But but actually, Santa Claus goes back to actually a historical figure. Now, it's really a type, as I mentioned, of Christ, uh, who gives gifts to people. But actually, it goes back to a gentleman named St. Nicholas, who actually was around at the time of the Council of Nicaea. Uh, he, so he lives in the 300s, late 200s, uh, 300s, 325 A.D. was the Council of Nicaea. And he was, uh, well, we would say Duchess, St. Nicholas, if you will, anyways, in Dutch, I should say, is Sinterklaas. Well, Santa Claus, that's where that comes from. So the pronunciation of Nicholas, St. Nicholas, comes through as, as etymologically as Sinterklaas, Santa Claus, and there was indeed a leader in the church, uh, indeed a, I believe he was actually a bishop, uh, was a high-ranking uh, church leader, and he was known for his love for children, and he was known in particular for giving gifts particularly around the time of Christmas, but otherwise, actually, for giving gifts to children who were poor and disadvantaged, not just at Christmas, but certainly at what we would now call Christmas. Uh, but he was known for his generosity, particularly to children and to poor children at that. And that's actually the origin of the whole Santa Claus. Now, of course, it's taken on a life of its own, and obviously there's all types of you know, issues with it and whatnot. Um, so whether one should teach a kid, you know, Santa Claus, and then tell them the truth someday, that's I'll leave that to the parents. I have my own view, but I'll leave that to parents what they should feel they should do or not. Um, so at any rate, that, that that's that's where that's but that's where Santa Claus comes from. Now of course there's all this accrual of myth and legend. Yeah, I get that, but it actually goes to back to Saint Nicholas around the time of the Council of Nicaea, 
an actual historical person, an actual very committed Christian leader who showed incredible kindness, in particular to, to people, but to children and poor ones at that. The last part, you know, some will say, well, Xmas, oh man, you're taking, you're taking Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> And, and now, certainly, uh, would, are some people doing that? Sure. I mean, there has been this attempt to secularize cr- Christmas, and, you know, many towns and the ACLU and others have, you know, sued people galore to, for them not to have nativity scenes or what have you uh, on, on uh, uh, certain types of properties and whatnot. And th- there is this whole attempt to secularize Christmas. Indeed, even, you know, it's no longer Christmas vacation at schools. It's, it's you know, it's winter vacation or yeah. you know, whatever term they use. There's all this attempt to take Christ out of it. So I get that, and I'm not saying that uh, that some people who use an Xmas really are, try- have, are not trying to take Christ out, but originally the notation is not anti-Christian. Uh, what people just show, sometimes they're ignorant, so to be blunt. Uh, X is, is, what looks like an X is, is the Greek letter key, and it would be the R letter C-H, Christos, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-S, and key is the first letter of course, the first two letters in English. Indeed, the key row is one of the most ancient symbols. Uh, the key row looks like a P. Uh, it looks like a, a capital P, but actually it's an R, what you would call it an R, a row. Um, key row is an early symbol, and, and in English the first three, three letters of the title Christ. Not his name, his title. Not his last name, Jesus Christ, but his title the, from Hebrew, Mashiach, the Messiah, the Messenger, the Anointed One. And so, anyways, it was standard Christian notation uh, early on, very early on, to, to spell it when, it when the, the holiday of Christmas really did get going, and they would put Xmas. And they weren't trying to X Christ out of it. It was just shorthand notation for Christ. And if you know Greek again, it's simply one of the Greek uh, letters of the Greek alphabet and the first two letters in English, but the first letter in Greek of the title Christ. So there was not any attempt to take Christ out of Christmas by the originators of this notation. And again, some may are trying to do that maybe today, uh, but that's not its original intent. That's not its original practice. And so we need to be careful of conspiracy theories. It's, 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 people asking it's an honest question, but sometimes people have these conspiracy theories and it's, oh, you know, they're all just trying to move Christ out even by that. And that, that's, that was not the origin of that practice at all. You know, I'm going to go ahead and confess. Um, I remember first hearing that when it uh, it almost like it sounds Christian. You know, like in other words, you're going to now be the high and mighty Christian, say the world is trying to x out Christ uh, for Christmas and use that as a as a almost like a colloquialism. But yet, like you said, Craig, it it wasn't true. And I actually remember saying that to someone because I didn't even do I didn't do my good Berean move and search the thing out myself to see if it was contextually true. I just propagated what I heard because it sounded like, hey, that sounds pretty good. X Hey, what's wrong? Put, put Christ back in Christmas. I remember well, saying yeah. that, and that just showed my ignorance at that time, and that just shows how we can uh, say some things to some people that just really, uh, you know, kids, and forget kids, just those that are looking up to you, you mess them up. Well, sure, and, and, and I'll just say this, there's the whole issue of urban legends. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, one of them, for years, finally, I, I haven't seen this one, I don't know how long, but there were years and years, you know, a couple decades that, uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare is out to get you know Christianity kicked off the air, and she's got a petition the FCC is going mm-hmm. through. And, you know, now, I, again, I'm not saying that there aren't peep seculars who are hostile to Christianity. I'm not saying that. That is the case. But the, the idea that she had this particular proposal to do just that. And so what would happen? Every year the thing would go make the rounds. 
particularly yeah. around Christmas time. And then uh, thousands of Christians would sign these petitions or send letters to the FCC, and they're like, what are you talking about? We're not doing that. And, and, and we just kind of look silly. So there are some urban legends. And, and, and again, there's a guy named Alexander Hislop, the, the two Babylons. His book has done a lot of... Uh, I'm not saying he says nothing. I'm not saying nothing he says is, is isn't true, but a lot of it is just really bad historical research. I have a background in classical history as well, and he just doesn't do his homework well. Um, there, are, I would encourage Christians to consult. There's some really good books. In fact, we mentioned a number of them a few weeks ago. Somebody mm-hmm. asked about books on uh, church history, so we just need to be careful. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be vigilant and be concerned about possible. Um, things that are hostile. Well, the irony to me is there's all these things that actually are true that the Church is doing literal nothing about, <laughs> and then we're all worried about all these conspiracy things that are not even true. It's like, uh, oh, oy come on, guys. I just think that's being lazy. Like, I, mean, I remember why I did it. I mean, I was just being lazy. I could have very easily checked it out, but I chose just because it sounded like a, you know, that sound almost Christian. Let me just propagate it, and it was just so wrong to do. Anyway, what's not wrong to do, Brian and Craig, is to give out the phone number. I see people calling in. Uh, let's give them an opportunity to call in if you're just uh, tuning in. This is Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Broker. Brokers, Brian Allen, Professor Craig Hawkins, PCH. My name is Daryl EZD, along with our good friend Erica, who's screening the calls for us tonight. So please give Erica a call right now at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. This wonderful Christmas holiday season as we were we want to say merry christmas in advance to you all so again call us one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven or go to our website and just simply uh, send us an email by navigating to uh questions there or contact us and you can even send us a one by facebook by navigating from there at bibleinfobrokers.com hey craig you know i asked vivian to call in and good golly she called in let's bring her up on the line on from la harbor uh, La Habra, I should say. Vivian, thanks for holding on and calling in again. <laughs> How you doing, Vivian? You on with us? I hear you giggling in the background. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, caught you. Caught you. <laughs> be I careful. Know I was live be yet. careful when you giggle. <laughs> Vivian, thanks for calling back in. Well, you kind of startled me. I'm, I had the radio on. All of a sudden, I heard my name, and I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, here I am. Showtime. Go ahead, Brian. You smile. Yeah. Brian is smiling here big time. He's laughing right now. <laughs> so what's your question for the night, Vivian? Uh, same one as last week regarding okay. Mormons. Um, I've, uh, I have a, a friend who's a Mormon, and um, she's very precious to me. Mm. Uh, and uh, I want to know her for eternity. Yes. And... Um, She's a nurse, actually, and she was uh, one of the nurses that would come over weekly. I lost my husband to Lou Gehrig's disease, mm. and um, but I took care of him, and I learned how to do all the stuff, you know, take care of the IVs and, and everything. And uh, the nurses that were always telling me they were going to make me one of they said, I, you're one of us, we're going to make you an honorary nurse. Mm. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I just miss him terribly. But anyway, she was over, and uh, she was so great with my sweetheart and everything, and also with me, and we became friends. And uh, she had come over to visit me uh, soon after, and it was uh, really difficult. And 
I just I, I was I was crying and crying yeah. and anyway she started she was crying also. Mm. But the reason she was crying the most at one point was when she realized when I told her I said, you know, I, I realized, you know, I'm not gonna be his wife when I'm with the Lord, you know, when we're both there we're not gonna be husband and wife anymore and I said that has just really thrown me, you know. It's uh, really difficult. And she just really started crying, and she says, no, you're going to be married forever. And I said, no. Mm. And so she started quoting the Mormon belief to me, and I said, that does not agree with what Jesus said. Jesus said we would be like the angels. Mm. We would not be given in marriage or anything uh, that... You know, we're going to be brothers and sisters there. And we'll be married to Jesus. We'll be the bride of Christ. And she tried to explain to me, no, no. And she was so hurt. Yeah, yeah. Because she felt so bad and so sad for me that I didn't believe that my husband was always going to be my husband. You know, uh, if I can say this, Vivian, before Brian and um, Professor chime in, that. It, what you just described is the, is what I believe the the heart of a believer, and even a heart of another person that has another belief system should be. If you sincerely believe in whatever you believe in, it should be you know should stand the scrutiny of your belief system number one, and then the second thing is should stand the scrutiny of anybody else's belief system on the same subject. And the way that you guys were interacting. I just find so pleasant and wonderful. I, I deal with that with a lot of guys I hang out with, which are older guys, like my, my parents' age. And uh, we, I golf with them, and I make a joke with them. And just to start a conversation, say, before I come to the golf course, I check the obituary to see who's going to show up. If your name's not there, I expect you guys to show up. And we, we laugh about it. Then I get an opportunity to talk to them about what they're probably going to enter into before I enter into because of the age difference. And we're talking about guys that's in the 80, high 80s and 90s. And, you know, like we talked about, Craig's dad is even 90 uh, years old now. So I just want to say that the, the, the heart of that Mormon, at least towards you, and the heart of you towards her is what I believe that belief system should be about. And then, then you go ahead on and try to get to the truth about the matter. Brian, Craig? Yeah, Vivian. Yeah, we, we our condolences to you. Now, and and how long has it been since your husband gone home to be with the Lord? Uh, a little over two years now. Mm. Two years, and how long were you married? Again? Uh, gosh, I have to stop and figure it out. Uh, almost uh, forty years. I was going to say it had to have been a long time, and yeah, and you know, there's a sense of loss, and uh, obviously you had a good relation. Of course, there's some who say, "Well, I'm glad I'm not going to be married to my spouse for eternity." But, 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 but seriously though, you, obviously you had a good relation and you miss him dearly. And you know, Paul says we grieve. We don't grieve as others grieve, but we do grieve. We grieve the loss. And of course, you know, he's with the Lord. And I don't want to just try to put a bandaid on this. It's a, such a big and significant issue in your life. And but indeed, we do know as C.S. Lewis when he lost his wife. Uh, he, you know, knowing that she was indeed in heaven, there was some, there was still a lot of pain and a lot of hurt, and and, and that's a, gr a grieving process, and that can take, you know, quite a while. Some people grieve the rest of their life, and um, so, you know, anyways, we, you know, we, we, we feel what you, you know, what you're saying, and the hurt. Um, and you know, I, I didn't know how to put it into words exactly until I saw what Paul said when yeah. uh, 
someone that he dearly loved was close to dying, but then uh, everyone had prayed, and he came out of it, and he said he was so glad that he didn't die, because otherwise he would have had sorrow upon sorrow. And yeah, that's, I believe it was his, that yeah. said it so perfectly. Yeah, his friend Epaphroditus, who was a fellow worker, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so, no, exactly. So, you know, and, and, and indeed this ties into what I was just talking about with Martin Heidegger, who I would disagree with much, but uh, but at any rate, but he did grapple with the issue of death. That is the ultimate issue. And our Mormon friends, they deal with it as well, but yes, it, it, they have a different view. It's not, we would argue, what the Bible says, but I appreciate your sensitivity and and talking with her. Now, do you still see her anymore? Do you still get to talk to her anymore? She wants to get together, uh, and I want to do that, too. At first, she had asked me if she could uh, have somebody come and see me, and I said, no, I'll talk to you, but not to anyone else. I said, uh, you know, we can share, and um, because I, you know, her heart is tender towards me, and mine's tender towards her, and I really want to know her forever. And yeah, so I've just been that, praying yeah. and praying for her and wondering, what is it I'm going to say? Oh, well, sure. Let's, well, let's talk about that then, and that's where I want to go. I do want to, there's, there's so many good resources on the Internet, uh, two really good books. I'll just recommend them. And uh, There's a book uh, called Mormonism 101 by uh, a gentleman, uh, actually Eric Johnson and Bill McKeever. Mormonism 101. In fact, you can go on the internet and go to their website, Mormonism 101. And okay. they do have a list of actually of questions to ask your Mormon friends. And I would really encourage you to visit that site. No, I wanted to jump in too since you were giving uh, websites. I don't know if the other one you were going to give, but uh, uh, Rob Bowman has a website. It's called it's IRR.org. And I'm looking at it now, and there's a tab called Mormonism. There's a drop-down. There's just uh, plenty of uh, really good, uh, lots of great information on Mormonism and uh, witnessing to them as well. So that's that yeah. would be another resource, IRR.org. So people are different. Okay. Some people like to look up stuff on the Internet. Some will still want a book. I'm kind of a book guy. I like to have it in my hands. And I like both. Book. Yeah. <laughs> well, I learned well, how to do a lot. I, I yes. do a lot of research, so... Precisely. Um, I'm a researcher, so that this well, there you go. that plays well with me. Yes. Yeah, and so another really good book is is just called Mormonism. It's in the Zondervan series. Zondervan, the publisher, Z O N D E R V A N. Kurt Van Gordon, and it's just it's a small book. It's really staccato. It's it's outlined bullet point form, and it's really really good and helpful. So there's plenty of what was the right fellow's there. name? Kurt Van uh, Van Gordon. Gordon. Okay. Yes, and it just—it's a phenomenal and just a phenomenal book, and uh, both of those and those websites we mentioned, and again the irr.org and and uh, Mormonism, uh, MRM actually it's MRM.org, Mormonism Research Ministry, excuse me. Um, MRM. Yeah, and there's a section. It's, it's called Questions to Ask Your Mormon Friends, and so, but let's go over a few things. And again, I just I appreciate the tenderness of your heart and your care and concern and loving this gal and having this relation with her, uh, such as it is the way it came about, but that you do. And so, I mean, just a few fundamentals. 
there's different forms of Mormonism. To their chagrin, they think there's only they want to act as if there's only one, and there's not. But uh, the largest one, the LDS Latter Day Saints, headquartered in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is probably mm-hmm. what she is. Um, yes. They be- they believe that we've been around forever, and one way, shape, or form, you've always existed as an intelligence or whatever. But you've always existed. And then you had to have a body, there was a body formed and made for you so you could incarnate it and come into this world. And it's, it is done, they believe, so you can progress to Godhood. The goal is to progress to Godhood. And we are to be involved, they believe, in, in uh, having, that's why they have large families, because they believe there's all these spirits that need to be incarnated into a body so they can progress to Godhood. Eternal life for a Mormon, you have to use terminology we there's how we understand it and there's how they use it so right. so she so this is why this is so important to her this is why she this is a big really the big issue uh for her is because see she needed to get uh probably what's called a temple recommend uh that her and now her husband or what have you uh served in the mission field they tied a tenth of their income for uh, you know, uh, a year or two, what have you. They did these things, and so they could get a type of recommend. So they were sealed for a time and eternity. So they believe their marriage, yes, isn't just for this life, but it's for literally forever. Why? Right. Because their goal is to eventually get their own planet mm-hmm. and procreate and populate a whole entire planet, indeed civilizations, if you will. Uh, so... They believe that there, you know, Jesus was once a man. Even his father was once a man. They believe they separate God the Father from Jesus. Think they're two different gods, literally, and so they believe that uh, it was through procreation. Indeed, they believe that actually, at least they used to teach that Mary actually had sexual relations with God. That's how Jesus was conceived. Uh, but um, they would, the most would deny that today, but they taught that. But at any rate, to the point. So this is why they're big on families, big on big families. And marriage is so important, and you have to qualify for a temple marriage, not just a marriage before a judge or a magistrate, but a, literally a temple recommend, a temple uh, marriage, which is for time and eternity. And so why? Because you're, you're God, potentially God. If you obey your husband in Mormonism, he'll call you forth from the dead, and you will basically be a goddess, and you, will, you and your husband will procreate, and indeed, not just continue to have children, but eventually, if you, if you get high enough, if you progress high enough in obedience to the Mormon teachings, you will get your own planet. So that's why she's so, not that she certainly doesn't care about you, I'm not saying that, but this is why it pushes such a button with her, because she was like, oh, don't you get it? If you knew Mormonism, you would see this is forever and ever and ever. Now, let me just do a, 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 a parenthetical here, uh, a comments here. And that is, I don't claim to fully understand, you know, what, what the relation, our relations are going to be in heaven. But here's what I do understand. God is good and gracious. He made us. He designed us. He knows what brings fulfillment, contentment, indeed, the Greek word eudaimonia, well-being, fulfillment to us. And let me just say this. As messed up as this world is, whatever he has for us in eternity is, is, if not infinitely better, so, so far vastly superior to what we have. So I don't know exactly how it's going to work, your relationship with your, your husband, uh, but it's going to be a good or better than it ever was. So, uh, let me oh, say, I believe that. I yeah. believe that with all my heart. Because, you know, Jesus said that he'll wipe away every tear. Yes. 
There'll yeah. be no more tears. I am really looking forward to that because I'm a person that cries for happy, sad, and everything in between. Yeah, and, and I so, hate to cry. Yeah. But, um, why would heaven be less than this life? That doesn't, you know, that that's not right. going to happen. So it's not marriage as we know it. Absolutely, you're up to your no. right. It'll be as the angels can neither marry nor are given in marriage. Um, but it'll be something better. And, and again, what that looks like, I don't claim to understand. I just know the God we're dealing with has no shortness of creativity and ingenuity, and he designed us and made us for a fellowship and relationship with him and one another and that fulfillment and contentment that we derive. And so it will be good or better than that. Now, let me just, now having said that, so Mormonism teaches a number of things, and this is the idea of progression to godhood. Uh, they are Mormons... Uh, are hoping to become gods, at least the males, and and they get and if they become a god and go to they believe there's they believe there's allegedly three levels of heaven. They hope to go to the highest level and then get their own planet and then have their own children and and procreate for all of eternity. Um, but this is a work system. So, for example, they don't just believe the Bible. They say they believe the Bible insofar as it's correctly translated. That's a whole issue there. But they believe in what's called the Book of Mormon, Pearl of Great Price, and Doctrine and Covenants. And Mormonism teaches us in the Book of Mormon that one is saved by, one is saved by grace through faith. After all, we can do. We must do works. Indeed, in the book called Gospel Principles, they list about 18-plus things you have to do to earn or merit eternal life. But eternal life to them isn't just spending eternity in fellowship with God and one another in heaven or on the new earth. It is actually progression to godhood. And so the issue, the key issues are, who is Jesus and how is one saved? And they teach a works righteous system. You have to earn or merit eternal life. You work towards right. that. You don't are automatically given that. You hope to attain to that. And often what I love sharing with them, among other things, is Brian and I love to go to 1 John 5, 11-13, where John tells us, the Apostle of Love, that the, among other things, these things are written that you may know, yes. present tense, that you have eternal life. But a Mormon can never say that. A Mormon cannot honestly say to you, they're even being disingenuous or just ignorant of Mormon doctrine, they can never say here that they have eternal life. They hope to have it. They hope to obtain it through their works, their good works, of meriting eternal life, which they believe is progression to godhood. And we would say, no, humans don't become gods. We don't become angels. We become perfected, glorified human beings. That, that's what it's all about. So at any rate, there's a lot to share with here, but that's what's going on. That's where she's coming from. And I don't know when you're going to meet her, but, you know, if you can call back in several more times before you do, um, uh, we would love to equip you with more. But, again, those websites, the books we mentioned, Mormonism 101 by uh, Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson, or Mormonism by Kurt Van Gordon, and the websites, uh, mrm.org and irr.org, have a lot of great material, and they will really have some great stuff that will hone you in on how to really share effectively with this lady who you have such a, an affinity for and such a heart for. And, you know, she's a young gal. She's not married. Okay. Uh, mm. But she's very involved with when she sure. goes on vacation or, or uh, does, you know, just even uh, gets a pass to Disneyland. She's always going with her Mormon friends. Yes. And so I just really... You know, I'm just really blessed that the Lord has given us such a relationship that um, she says she doesn't want to lose me, and I told her she won't. And, uh, you know, so I, I...
praying about that and, you know, of course, praying for wisdom and understanding and compassion and tenderness towards her. Oh, exactly. Uh, and, and, and you can share that as an, and as an older woman with a lot of life experience, including, indeed, the loss of your husband, and she has not even been married yet. So, yeah, no doubt she's very committed to Mormonism and that she would spend a lot of time with her Mormon friends. And that, But you, because of your love for her and care and concern, and now, as you said, as you're a researcher, now with mm-hmm. a little information you've been given tonight and a lot more that you're going to find in those resources we mentioned, you will be very well equipped to really meet her and minister to her where she is. And again, the key issues are Mormons believe that they're saved by their good works. Uh, they believe the gospel right. was lost and that Joseph Smith restored it in the 1800s. And, and they believe it's been restored and they believe we are gods or potentially gods. And the goal is to become a god, to progress to Godhead. They believe that literally Jesus was once a man, in fact, an infamous saying of Lorenzo Snow, yes. a past president of Mormonism, he once used to say, as, as man is God once was, as God is, man may become. Oh, and so my. that's really, no, 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 no. that's what's going on here. And again, that's, where, and that's why marriage is so important to her and fits in, and she thinks she has some good news for you. Hey, you really could be sealed. What, what, she, what she would actually tell you, here's, what, here's the bottom line. So again, she believes she's saved by her good works, wants to progress to godhood, and then eternally have children with her, her husband in, in, in eternity. And, and so what, what she would say, so what you would need to do is convert to Mormonism, accept the teachings and more that we've been talking about. You would have to be, you know, uh, a member in good standing. You would get a temple recommend, but also what you would do is you would be have your husband baptized. And they may have already done it. They do what's called baptism for the dead. And then they would have their her, your husband sealed to you, and for time and eternity. That's what's going on. Oh, That's my. what she would recommend to you, ultimately. And, and, and Vivian, uh, you you probably as you do your research, you're probably going to have more questions. So by all means, uh, anytime, call in on Sunday, and uh, we'll be more than happy to definitely. Uh, uh, answer your question because there's a lot of you know with the books and the websites that the professor just mentioned there are a lot of uh there's a lot i mean a lot of information uh <clears throat> on there uh for you to to take right. a look at and uh the, you know there's a lot going on in the mormon church now they're saying for the first time uh the uh the enrollment is declining just because of all the things that have been going on uh in the mormon church and the things that have been being found out that uh, have been taught for years but are being found that are not true and are being proven that they're not true, uh, resignations from leaders and things like that. So they're de- decreasing, but it's good to know, you know, like the professor said, what they're believing and why they believe it. But right. as a Christian, you know what you believe and why you believe it. Right. But there's so much good information with this information that, that the professor gave you. So uh, if you have any questions at all, by all means, definitely you know, we want you to call us back and ask. Right. I appreciate and that so And as Brian said, there's, you can be overwhelmed, even if you're a researcher like we are and love to do research. There's so much, but mm-hmm. I always encourage people to, to, direct them, to specialize, to pay special attention to who is Jesus actually and how is one saved? What does salvation mean? And their view of salvation and ours are completely different. And that's what you really want to major on, because you're getting to the heart of the gospel, which is the person and the work. We say like a, the two sides of a coin, the front of a coin, the obverse, the back side, the reverse. A coin is not complete if it doesn't have two full sides. Well, there is the person of Christ and his work, 
And on these issues, we fundamentally disagree. They will use our terminology, but they, they have different definitions. So when they talk about Jesus, he's the spirit brother of Lucifer. You just have to know there's this other stuff going on here, and it just takes a while to get up to speed, but I know you're going to do, do great on this. It, and, and, make point, and make it a point, Vivian, uh, as the professor said, if, if your friend starts talking about these peripheral issues, get off of that. Yes. Just stay with the major, the, who Jesus is. You know, I, I've really been blessed in a lot of ways as far as witnessing. I don't ever look for it, but the Lord brings people to me all the time. Praise and, God. And uh, our house, after a while, we get marked by the Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> yeah, they will do that. Oh, yeah. And then after a while, I guess there's new people that come, and so then they come up, and, uh, you know, so um, I had one man, two men come up to the door this uh, a few years ago, and uh one of them, the younger one that was, I guess, in training, ended up in tears because he was starting to understand what I was saying, and the other one was trying to get him away. Mm, so, yes. uh, But you got to do it in love, and you have to do it with tenderness, understanding that they have been deceived, and, yeah. you know, we have the truth, and if we don't share it in love, then... Don't share it at all. Yeah, we're told to do it. I think it would harden somebody, you know, towards the gospel if we did that. Well, you know, it it it, it goes to what you know we we talk about when we um, journalism respect when we uh, open up our show and what our our uh, our show is based on. This First Peter three fifteen says, "But sanctify Christ yes. as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense or to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you." yet with gentleness and reverence. Exactly. Yeah. Vivian, we thank you very much for your phone call and the tenderness of, of your call. Appreciate you calling back. And watch your giggling because you may be live, okay? Okay. <laughs> thank you, Vivian, Darryl, for just call. one last thing. Yes. Since your aunt's name was Vivian, so you know. Yes, yes. It means full of life. <laughs> That's my, that, was my, that was my aunt, too, you guys. All Vivians I know are full of life. You got that right. Thank you, full Vivian. Full of life. Appreciate you. Know. God bless that. <laughs> thank you all, all so right. much. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that voice you heard, Vivian, she called in to uh, Brian Allen, uh, Professor Craig Hawkins, PCH. My name is Daryl EZD Fulton with the Bible Information Brokers. Our good buddy Eric is screening the calls tonight. Please give him a call at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, Or you can go to our website at BibleInfoBrokers.com, and you can um, send us an email message or even Facebook us from there by navigating from there. But let me tell you this. We had a question right there about Mormonism. Our next question up in the the only question on the board, and so you can call in, is about Jehovah Witnesses. And also in the queue, someone called and could not stay on the line. Christy called and wanted to know about uh, the, the Pope possibly tweaking the Lord's Prayer. Those subjects alone, Craig, any one of them could take uh, over the, you know, the whole show. So what we're going to do is I'm going to invite the folks to call in. If not, we're going to deal with these questions and any other questions we may have that i got a plethora of and Brian has many because we read the Word. We do, like Vivian said, research what we believe and why we believe it and it produces more questions as head knowledge and heart knowledge as Craig is he has questions when he does his research as well well you know Daryl just just from reading your Bible you're gonna have questions yeah. you know you're gonna have questions about you know whatever you're, you're reading about 
uh, it's just, you know, that's the way the Bible is. Yes, I'm sorry. And, and us as is human, is humans and uh, we're reading things. And, uh, and and I should say reading the Bible in its proper context. Sure. That, that, that's so, part of the reading. That's a whole aspect of reading. It's yeah. literal, so you can read it in its proper context. Right. Listen, we better do this in its proper context. We're coming up to the top of the hour break, but I, I would be remiss during this Christmas season especially, not to let the people know that they can participate in the giving. We do need to hear from you from the standpoint of giving financially, not just prayerfully, but financially so that we can take care of all of our expenses and go into the new year in the black and stay in that black, you know, even maybe get a windfall. And I want to let the people know about a trip that Craig got coming up also where they can start getting the coins together for that. Oh, now forget the coins. Let's do like Yo, guy, Reverend, I used to say, I don't want to see those coins. I want to hear that paper. I'm just kidding about that. But in reality, folks, you can have an opportunity to participate in this ministry, the Bible Information Brokers, and also what Craig is going to be doing when he goes overseas. Craig, talk about that as we go into the break, and then we're going to come back on the other side of the break and deal with those Jehovah Witness questions, the Pope question, and also the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to give a succinct uh, message about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how you can satisfy your eternity, satisfy the death issue, folks, by listening to us on the other side of the break. But Craig, right now, let the folks know about the trip you're taking. And so Brian's going to give information after that about how they can participate in the giving. Yeah, well, thanks, Joe. Actually, this trip, they don't really need to participate in the giving. I mean, they, they could, but I mean, uh, I need to be very clear that at this trip, all my expenses are paid but at the university where I teach. Um, and then when I go to India and Myanmar, for example, that was a different ball game altogether. But we still want to get a windfall for that. You know, I am with well, that. Sure. Let's, let's get that windfall going. Go over there to bless ministries, and yes. uh, this trip though is also dealing with human trafficking. Right. Uh, go over there uh, supporting NGOs, and really, basically, the bulk of the good stuff that being done, for example, in countries like Cambodia, are done by Christian organizations, Christian ministries. Human trafficking, particularly of children, unfortunately, is expensive in the world, and uh, there's a number of uh, just really solid ministries that do a phenomenal job of not only sharing the gospel. But helping children and, and, and you know, adolescents, older, uh, uh, younger people, get out of sex slavery, out of prostitution. Um, and it's just there's a lot of dynamics here. can't go into a lot of it right now, but maybe another time. But we deal with that. We deal with helping them with the legal counsel that they need and just encouraging them and supporting them in, in all the ways we can. But these folks, they, many of them, they, they not only share the gospel powerfully mm-hmm. and richly, but they take them in. They give them an education, a place to stay. You know, you, you can't just say to somebody, uh, you shouldn't be doing this. Right. Uh, it's wrong. Well, no kidding, but, but, but uh, by the way, it's often their family, indeed, that got them in this, that sold them into this, or at least to keep them doing that. Called birth debt. It yes. has to do with uh, Buddhism, well, uh, with the concept of reincarnation, transmigration, and negative karma, I should say. All right. Um, at any rate, but the, to the point. We're coming up on a hard break, PCH. So let's, let's, yeah. let's pick this up on the other side. Let's come back to this. Yes. Yeah. We'll come back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break right now. Call us. Open lines, 1 888 LA Talks. 5 is the website. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> 